Welcome everybody back to the HB Hose with your hosts, Maddie and Sammy. Hello. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> Sorry guys, we're just really bad at that. But anyways, we are jumping into White Lotus season two, episode six called Abductions. Mm. That gave me anxiety, just the title. Yeah, literally. Uh, super yeah. spicy, super spicy episode, super sad, super crazy setting up for the finale. Yeah. Uh, in the most White Lotus way, for yeah, sure. I just want to start off by being very grateful for last episode because there was so much sex and this episode was just tension and next episode is going to be death. So I'm glad that we got the sex. Yeah. Um, I wanted more. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, we were just saying before this <clears throat> on uh, just offline when we we're talking about the episode that we're very happy that season one season one didn't really have a lot of sex in it. it in fact it had hardly any but this season has had so much of it but i'm very happy and mike white did us all a favor by making <clears throat> sure all of the castmates were really hot men and yes. women included so yes. it was nice sex with ugly people not the greatest thing <laughs> not the fun it's no, not it's- the funnest <laughs> thing but yeah thank you mike white but now <sighs> we're in the we're in the home stretch, which means it's gonna be bad. And to be honest, I'm sad about it. Yeah, I I want to know what happens, but I'm also like, no, people are they're gonna die. People are gonna die. I don't want to find out who dies. Yeah, yeah. There um have been a lot of things. I told myself yesterday that I was gonna stay off Reddit because people are just cracking the fucking codes on there. And I was really upset almost that a lot of the, like, what seemed like asinine theories were actually true, which we'll get to in this uh, podcast episode. But I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say as hard as it's going to be off like Reddit, like White Lotus Reddit and, and Twitter this whole week because I just don't want to kill it for myself. And I agree. I agree. And the thing is, there are so many avenues. There are so many theories. Every time I rewatch it, I come up with another theory. I'm like, this could happen. This could happen. This could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we learned from season one that everything means something. Yes. So, you know, it's a <sighs> captive internet audience. They're going to do their research. Mm. By the way, everyone, spoiler warning, just putting that out there. Um, And potentially the end of a spoiler warning. So a fun thing that we're doing this week, just to um, give us more, because, you know, so with all of our White Lotus podcast episodes that we've done so far, we've only touched, like, scratched the surface of the theories, um, both, Mm -hmm. like, our own theories and theories that we're reading online um, that are super interesting. So what we're going to do is... This episode will be just a primarily a discussion about um, season two, episode six, but uh, we will be recording this week another podcast episode where we're just diving into the theories about what we think is going to happen before the finale on Sunday. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll be an, an extra special episode coming up on our Yeah, show. we're going to say even just asinine shit like fucking... Bert's going to kill himself. Oh, Who knows? Oh, God. So, oh, God. sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're going through every single theory that we have. Yeah. So, this uh, episode that we're recording right now will be almost like a setup, too, because we're not going to dive too much into theories this time, but stay tuned. We will have a full episode of just theory diving um, this week. So, that's going to be pretty fun. Yes. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, we open, and again, let me just say shout out to the drone guy. 
whoever's doing the drone shots, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful. It is so gorgeous. I feel like I'm getting dropped right in there like fucking blue skidoo, like <laughs> fucking straight blues clue style. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we open with uh, Ethan and Harper and they're in a bad place. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I do want to say, because I it probably won't come up um, as we're talking about them, but there is so, and obviously what we're about to dive into is just the way that both of them have, you know, have changed throughout the episode. Like we saw it from the very beginning to the end. They're almost on complete opposite sides, uh, like her being jealous in the beginning, him being jealous at the end, et cetera. But one thing that I will say um, is that thinking about the very beginning of the episode and then the very end of it with Harper and Ethan, what she's wearing to bed in the beginning is just like t-shirt loose shorts and then what she wears to bed at the end of it is like tight tank no bra nips all out panties Mm -hmm. and even just her going to bed in that in the end of it i was like she changed Woo, yeah and worth right now yeah what do they call it you like you know people always know when you come to work and like you haven't you you just got laid the night before people know they're like oh you got that dick glow about you girl Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. glowing somebody fucking broke your back in in a good way yeah i think you know and then i think like that's a really good point i think also like she is has this uh you know she's been insecure for so long and and now ethan is starting to crack and you know, mm-hmm. when you're a toxic person, uh, toxic behaviors sometimes are sexy to you. And so I think that, you know, her seeing Ethan start to crack is really giving her an e- like an ego trip. And so, so I'm not really attributing her newfound, you know, fucking personality as like she did have sex with Cam. Right. I'm just thinking she's just finally like feeling herself for the first time in a while because she's got this really hot piece of shit guy that wants her and then and is like grabbing her leg and then she like her husband is going crazy about it right so yeah she's i mean and her husband is fucking obviously rich as hell now and he's fucking gorgeous so mm-hmm. yeah i would feel pretty much on top of the world too harper like yeah. fucking a i know god it is toxic isn't it though Oof. it is it is mm. i mean i but i think on just like the human side of it like you want to be desirable to your partner and i think like where they are in the state of maybe their marriage and their attraction to one another. Like it might be toxic, but at least it's something. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I mean, you can only imagine that they've had, if, if we're, if we're seeing them have like zero sexual compatibility on vacation, you know, Mm -hmm. only imagine what their like home life is like. They probably haven't had sex with each other in months, years, maybe. Right. So like, So it's it's just all finally coming to um a poll, but that really like it's you can almost imagine that because of how Harper is and how she's feeling right now. Yeah. So their conversation in the beginning was absolutely heartbreaking for me. Um I know that Ethan has said some wrong things throughout the series, not just not bad, but I think he didn't respond as well as he could have in some moments. Not at all. Uh, But I do think in this moment, he handled it pretty well. I don't, I like the way that he was like, look, I love you, but I, you know, I had the thought where I was like, we've heard this phrase, sometimes love isn't enough. And I think that's what's happening to them right now. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, but 
I do respect him for saying like, we can, we, we will work on it. We will work on it. Like I'm still your husband. I, that, I don't know. It was very depressing for me, for Harper to still kind of respond in like a kind of way. Yeah. Um, you know, it really was, it felt to me like he is finally seeing that she needs more from him and she, she's been needing more from him. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like, okay, it's too late, dude. Like it's just too late. And that's always like the worst thing about relationships is when one person finally like wakes up and, and then the other person is already out the door. And I think like, we know this and we see this a lot with like male and female relationships usually the female, well, I don't want to say usually, but every, in my experience, I've seen a lot of this where women are already, by the time you even start to see the signs, they're already one foot out the door, right? Like they're already on their way of like, I'm not satisfied. I'm really just like trying to hold out. And Mm -hmm. that Harper has clearly been trying to do that. Ethan, not only are they like sexually incompatible, but like she needs emotion from him. And finally he showed that in this episode, which I'm happy about, but I'm almost like, Bro, it's too late now. Like she's she's been one foot out the door for a long time now, and now she's finally like snapped. And it's probably too wait for you know late for reconciliation. And it's yeah, yeah, I agree too. And you know, I think the silver lining and all of that is like it's truly just a sad story from like every angle. You know, I think that ultimately Harper probably like on a moral compass doesn't want to be where she is mentally no not at all you're right like i think she's just fed up like she's at a point Mm -hmm. and she has been for a while that's why she it's so easy for her to act like this right now which i you know i think i wrote my notes i was like why is this bitch being so messy like i understand if you need that validation but like this daphne's husband right here like i understand Mm -hmm. i understand because you feel like they did it to you guys while you were in noto but like you weren't there yeah. Like you weren't physically there. So like oh, it just felt it just feels so messy. I'm like if you need to do that, just like go meet an Italian gigolo. Do what you got to <laughs> do for real. But like don't do fuck. A do a bit like Tanya. By the way, can I just this is not a prediction theory, but I just want to put this theory out here. Okay. I think Cameron is the sex addict and we all are like, "Oh, dumb, dumb, dumb" because dumb said it. Mm. But I think we're all missing. I think Cameron is a sex addict. Oh, and I think I, that's why Daphne is like, okay, like I can deal whatever, whatever, and like I know how to get him to be compatible with me when I want it. Mm-hmm. But like, he's fucked Daphne a few fucking times. He fucked the whores. He's trying to fuck Harper. We don't even know what's happened off screen in between all the episodes that we don't get to see. You know. We don't know. This man is fucking. Yeah, he is. He's a sex addict. Yeah. Uh, I mean, valid. Totally valid. I think he's probably a sex addict amongst other things. Like, he's just reckless personality. I will, I will research that and come back to this with an actual psychological, um, term, but he, I've, you know, I've seen people like him before and whether it's sex or drugs or, adrenaline you know he's kind of like an adrenaline junkie in that way like i like like i you know i try to push the boundaries of everything and like it feels good to be bad and you know whatever Mm -hmm. so like i think if if for him specifically yeah it's sex 
Um, but different face, different name, different situation. He has, he has a specific personality type that makes him like that. Um, I agree. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, speaking of Damon Caffney, Damon <laughs> Caffney, welcome to the dyslexic pod <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, Cam and Daphne. God, we just need to have ship names for them already. Um, Camphy, Daffrin, Daffrin. <laughs> uh, we'll work on it. But oh, um, I so we didn't get a lot of Daphne in this episode, which makes me think that we're gearing up for a really big finale episode from her, um, which I'm excited about because she is just the queen of my wet dreams. Um, but. I- love her too she i get it um and oof, uh i could talk about her all day but so we didn't get a lot of her um but what we did get like from her and cam like even in the hotel room like she was like harper is like hell bent that you guys did something when we were in noto and the way that cam even responds is just so slick and like doesn't seem guilty at all but like daphne obviously knows that it's true he probably knows the daphne knows it's true and then the way that he responds to her is like oh but did you fuck an italian guy and no no whatever like they have this and she's talking about the um massage therapist looking like timothy chamelay <laughs> which is hilarious oh, I, I love my but uh, even just that whole bit of like, yeah, I asked him to touch my boobs and like yes. this yes. whole like tiptoeing on the the line of like, is this really going to make you insecure? Is it going to make you like excite you enough to like, they they just do it so well with each other. They and have a very good balance of that. Very good balance. I mean, we haven't seen Daphne out here fucking anybody, so we don't know if she's getting the same... I don't know benefits out mm. of this this weird setup that they have um but <laughs> it seems to be working yeah honestly um and that's the thing is like i almost after the conversation between harper and daphne with the whole trainer and the picture of the kids and all that i mm. started to question just based on daphne's face when harper says like i think something happened daphne did look upset so I'm yes. really starting to wonder if this whole I'm not a victim thing, like, I don't think that she thinks of herself as a victim in this relationship, but I do, I am starting to see that she does care, or at least it seems like she cares more than what she leads on. Or, you know, So I agree with that fully. And I just watched, shout out, Extreme Engagement on Netflix. I know it's kind of old, but it was so interesting because they did an episode where the married couple goes to like a tribe, but the tribe's traditions are polygamy. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because when they first go, it seems very like this is just what it is. Like people are happy, whatever. But they ask, they're like, you know, is there any jealousy? And they're like, of course there is. Mm-hmm. Like a man will kill another man and steal his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like, okay, yeah. Even in, even with all of these little setups, and I'm not saying, I'm not knocking anybody because everybody has their own ideal of like how this is going to work for them in this life. But when there are more factors involved, it becomes more complicated. More money, more problems. More mm-hmm. bitches, more problems. Like, yeah. that is just the bottom line. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think that, um, you know, just on my note about gearing up for it being like a big Daphne episode next episode, um, I I think that that will have something to do with it. This whole thing with Cam, we'll get more into that in the theories pod. But um, yeah, so it was interesting to see that side of their relationship. They're definitely more like out there now. I think Harper loosened them all up with her crazy ass you know, winery day and all of her comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about Ethan and Harper throughout the episode because the, like, it was just, God, it was just the worst fucking timing, this poor guy, because he, uh. he's obviously so upset and like, he really isn't saying the right things. And I think this episode, he did a little bit better just because he actually showed some more emotion and didn't feel like seem so gaslighty with her. Like, you should mm-hmm. be proud. Ugh, that whole yeah, yeah. thing. I'm just like, first of all, men, if you're listening, I doubt you are. But if you are, if we reach you somehow. um, On accident. <laughs> we're not sorry. Do not say you should be proud ever to a woman when you yourself are in a shitty situation. Because even though you're thinking it, and even though we all might be thinking it, don't fucking say it. She wasn't there. She Especially if you have literally no proof of your good behavior. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. My God. Out of here. So, yeah. It, like, it's just Ethan was just kind of burying himself. And now it just seems like wrong place, wrong time where they come out of this conversation. Uh, really shitty no. conversation. And then he gets fucking caught with the hose in the hall. Okay. Well, I'm going to say something toxic about Ethan. Um, I like that he's getting fucking jealous and mad. I'm here for it. Maybe that's toxic of me. And maybe that's why Harper is getting the way that she is. Because honestly, like, he's been so submissive this whole time. It's nice to see him, like, puff up his fucking chest and be like, yo, like, what are you doing? You need to vouch for me. I will, like, he's giving him the death stare. And Harper sees it. And I'm just like, yeah, bitch, look at what you just fucking did. Yeah. Look at what you did. And like I said, I really love Harper and I think she has the right to be upset, but she is acting a little bit, a little bit too out of pocket for me. Definitely. To be honest, I'm like, you guys are still married. If I was in that marriage, I would be like, this is a conversation. Either we are waiting until after the trip is over or we can go to the hotel room right now. We can, we don't have to stay with Cam and Daphne. Yeah. We can go take a little boat ride across to fucking Palermo. Mm-hmm. We can do whatever the fuck we want to do. Which, you know, in all cases, all White Lotus cases, we we know that if you just left a day earlier, your life would probably be significantly better. Like, just fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just get just out of there. there. Just get out of there. I, um, I, of course, am here for the drama. Uh, so yes, Ethan, I'm also here to see more complexity from him because he has just been a fucking monotone, like pushover this whole time. And he hasn't even really said anything that's that clever yet or funny or anything. So finally we're getting this. And it's actually really funny because I just did like a rewatch, uh, just like in the background wasn't, you know, and after the first episode, (coughs) excuse me, um, when they're there, they wake up in the morning and he goes running and it's just this beautiful, it's probably my favorite, one of my favorite scenes of the whole season. Just yeah. this beautiful, the music is gorgeous. The sun's just coming up. Like he's in this downtown area and he looks so at peace. And then yeah. we're going to get a completely opposite version of him at the end of this. And I think that that's really fucking sad. And it's Harper herself. Like it is, it's 
been hard to watch her this whole time because her personality is just, I'm like, I always try to imagine myself if I was in the presence of that, of this character and Harper would drive me crazy because of how negative she's been this whole time. So sour. Yeah. And, and, and also so monotone. And I'm like, if you're going to be angry, like at least raise your octave a little bit, give some personality with your bitterness, right? Like if you're just on one level, it, it just, she's just been, she would be insufferable to physically be around for me. And Same. Then now I would not go on that trip with her. If I knew her, I'd be like, I love you Harper, but this is not a trip for you and me to go on. We, you and I could go to a convention together where they're giving <laughs> intelligent speeches and symposiums. Yeah. We are not going to Sicily. Yeah. I'm bringing, I would rather bring Albie. Okay. Shout out. Love you, Albie. I mean, but at least, at least he would say yes to doing what I would want to do. Yeah. He would put on a little happy face he would ditch his fucking annoying ass grandfather and father. Yeah. And we would have a grand time. Yeah. Um, and he would put me in danger in the streets of fucking Palermo. We'll get there, but yeah, you know, we'll get there. Um, yeah. Albie, um, honestly don't, wouldn't mind having him as a friend at all. Would hate to be involved with him romantically. I think that that's where all of my uh, anger, if you guys have listened to the past, podcasts um that man is triggering for me but i mean she just seems satisfied friend wise probably a wonderful friend um but anyways back to harper what was so hard to watch about this episode is that she even just like when ethan goes to the hotel room and she literally if she didn't have sex with cam she made it so believable that she did because she set it up perfectly mm-hmm. to get what if she did it, set it up on purpose just to get him well i think that's what she did if if i had oh. to guess i would think i would say she didn't hook up with cam she's just said she's playing the game and you know and that just really really sucks because we're seeing ethan side of it and she is just i don't even know what like it's just she's just being fucking vicious right now yeah that's she's being vicious and it's like just because this guy has hurt you or whatever like this whole idea of he needs that he like should get a taste of his own medicine i'm like harper you are a grown-ass woman like thank you get over that i hate to like shove religion down anyone's throat but like the sinner and the stone you know what i mean like uh, i don't know i'm just like you don't have to stoop to the same level yeah you know like and you shouldn't and you shouldn't you shouldn't for what you know, and like, I just feel like it's just very, it's a very immature thing to do. We all did it when we were like in our stupid little relationships in high school and whatever. We've all yeah. played some sort of game, you know, to try to get the other person to, to either respond a certain way or react a certain way or be hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. But like, this is your husband of years. Really? Like you share, share like real love with this person. Why would you want them to go through something like this? You know, right. like, are you exactly. that vindictive? Because whether or not she actually had Cam sex with Cam, the feeling is still there. And mm-hmm. his, like, his response to it is still there. It's like, in the wise words of Vinny Guadagnino from Jersey Shore, even <laughs> if you didn't do it, the fact is that she still 
things that you did and she still feels like she's still affected by it. I don't know your exact words, Vinny, but it was when hey, my- hashtag gym tan laundry for life. Yes. Uh, hashtag Vinny was a psych major and knows these things. So, um, okay. Okay. With these little Jersey shore facts. <laughs> welcome everyone. You're, you're so welcome. Um, yeah. So it was really, really, really hard to watch. And I think that honestly, like if we see, you know, that one of the deaths ends up being, um, Cam or Ethan, like Harper, I'm just like, yeah, I hope it fucking hurts. Like, I hope you learn your lesson because this yeah, is well, it could have easily been avoided. Yeah. Well, if it's Ethan, I just feel like she would immediately fucking off herself too. Sorry to be fucking so harsh and triggering, but like, she would probably feel such immense guilt. Like, why would I, why would I even risk making him feel that way? I didn't even know he could feel that level of low and look at yeah. where I am. So, you know, just a thought. Um, speaking of Ethan though, I, the only thing is like, I was upset that he didn't go. First of all, you should have never taken that dip. If you're already feeling this fucking crazy, I would have been on Harper's shit, like fucking flies to shit. Mm -hmm. I would have been up her asshole. Oh, you're going to go. You know what? I think I will go get drinks with you guys. Mm -hmm. Like even he had a moment to even stop before he went to the water and be like, you know what? Maybe I should just go join them. Just suck it up. You're there for like two last days. Yeah. Fucking get your drinks. Don't let Cameron do some sneaky shit. Don't let Harper pull some dumb shit because you know she's enraged. It's been five days of her being fucking uncomfortable and mad. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. So um, he should have never went for that fucking swim. And then like once he realizes that they're gone because he gets oh back out of the water, it's a wild fucking goose chase. Oh my God. This man is running around like a fucking chicken with his head cut off. I know. I will say that the memes about that specifically were fucking hilarious. Oh God, I haven't even looked. They're so oh. funny. They're so funny. I'll have to do that right after this. Um. Yeah. I, God, I just feel him so hard because it, you know, like we just we've seen him and i think that this might be like an unpopular opinion um but like he doesn't deserve really what's happening to him like yeah he said some dumb shit and he was like it's really like guilt by association for sure right he shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place but then again you know like it's just like at what cost when he actually did the right thing, right? Right. So for me, it feels like Ethan was in, I think from the get, like, I don't know, you're coming into money, a lot of money. That's a lot of like experience that you don't have. So just in that, right, I feel like Ethan entered this whole situation just like a little bit unaware. Even the way that he had responded to Harper in previous episodes, it was shitty, but it felt like there was like a slight like, I don't know how bad this is going to get, or like, I never thought it could get this bad. That is like the vibe that he's giving me. So you're right. I don't think that he really deserves any of this. I think he ended up in a situation where he was a bit submissive and like, he's trying to figure it out and prove himself a little bit. Like I can hang, I can do this. I'm also an alpha, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, like Harper's kind of on his wayside and he's not, I don't know. There was just like a lot of things that made me feel like he was just a bit oblivious. And now I feel like his third eye has opened. He's seen things way more clearly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just like, 
Yeah, and it just kind of goes back to like this, you know, just like in sometimes in relationships, you're just so in it that you can't actually see what's going on. I think that's exactly what happened to them. And then Mm -hmm. Harper was the first person to realize it because she was comparing herself, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. Ethan wasn't really comparing himself. He was like, we're fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's great. Nothing's going to happen. And Harper was the one that was like, you know, incessantly like obsessed with comparing their relationship because she already peeped that they weren't perfect and thought if they were were having a hard time. Yeah. So so yeah, I think um it's just it's shitty. It's shitty for all things involved. It's you know, Harper is really just like I think, you know, like I, I really truly understand how she feels, but I cannot justify like her actions specifically. I honestly Agreed. justify her in the last episode getting drunk and being messy, right? A little vulgar. I'm just like, yeah, you know, she's acting yeah. out. It's what people sure. do when they're upset. But like this whole, this is like now, you know, and she's seen Daphne play like, like mental warfare with Cam, right? And I feel like Harper is starting, like, is taking notes from Daphne's book, but she, it, her and Ethan are not at all where, like Daphne and Cameron, and they're completely different people. So I right. think that, you know, it just, it's going to end up really bad. And I just, like, oh, I don't know. They stress me the fuck out, man. Yeah, it was very stressful. And I think just uh, my last point to add here, um, Harper and Cameron both corroborate each other's story that Cam confirmed and vouched for Ethan, uh, which does kind of make me think that, like, she did maybe play into the Cameron thing. Um, maybe she did set it up like, oh, this will be good timing. Like, I want to piss him off. Uh, and you know, there was the sex scene that Ethan envisioned, which was such a cool take on sex scenes. You know, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that yesterday and I thought that was such a nice thing. And I wanted to make sure that I paraphrased what you said because I was like, oh my God, right. Like, I don't think I've, I mean, like, I'm sure there has been sex scenes where, like, you know, the guy is envisioning it, but it's usually like a, I'm desiring the girl, you know, and he there he's like envisioning himself and the person that he's attracted to or desiring. Um, so this was very interesting, and it was great because of the way that it was timed and like how it could be that like when you are feeling hurt and insecure like that, your mind will make it fit. Yeah. It will figure. It will make it. It will like get into the puzzle and make it connect and i'm like okay yeah you know not to say that intuition isn't a thing because it fucking is you should always listen to your gut um because you know the truth always comes out like it just it is what it is so i think that like i don't know like if ethan is feeling some kind of way as much as I want to believe that Harper's just being vindictive, like, I just want to really make him mad, and I hope that she didn't fuck him. I feel like if Ethan is following his intuition this strongly, then there's something to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. And, like, the thing is, is, like, she's completely setting it up if it's not true. And the thing is, is when you're doing that to someone, how they – it's traumatizing, right? So, like, whether it's actually true or not – the fact will still stay. You cannot change Ethan's emotions going on off, like going on after that. Like, like it's just, it's, you know, that saying of like, people don't remember what you do for them, but they remember how you make them feel or however it goes. So like, if you really make him feel, if he's feeling like this right now, 
that is what's going to be irreconcilable, right? Exactly. Not feel that way. He will always have that as like a stain. So that's where it is. It's like, it's like Harper is trying to give him a taste of his own medicine, but really that's just, that's just adding more shit onto it. That's, that's not, that's not leveling the playing field. It's just adding more onto it, onto the, you know, and now both of them are like, I don't know, just like tainted. Like it's just, yeah, they've definitely like crossed some very emotional lines and emotions are, it's harder to heal that because it's not tangible. You can't see it. Mm -hmm. So like the mending process for that is different for everyone. It's not like you can just give them an aspirin and be like, yeah, your broken heart will be good in four hours. Yeah. No. You know? So yeah, that's a great point. So, um, I guess we kind of talked about Harper and Cam a little bit in this too. Yeah. Because they're involved. Is there anything, I don't know, significant though? I, what did no, I? I think we talked yes. about it a little bit, like the, you know, the imaginary sex scene, you know, they were both yeah. acting just like super sus, uh, you know, and then the dinner, I guess, like, like we said, Ethan, it, you know, confronted Cam and was like, you know, I know what you're doing. I know you got naked in front of her, which I was waiting for that to finally come back up. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I think it's just really setting, setting us up for the finale. Um, and I'm nervous. Oh, God. Yeah. Speaking of nerves, let's talk about the boys and Lucia because they went on a grand old adventure. Yeah. And I was shooting bricks because these are two young men chasing them around in a car with fucking Dom, Albie, and Bert. Like, that is not a gang. No. <laughs> not a gang. They're not going to protect. Okay? Like, oh uh, is kind of a, is a little bit of a bitch, and that's okay. Yeah. Bert is old, and Dom... God, Dom, you I'm... are, like, a high-profile, like, movie executive. Like, you don't know how to scrap. You can't scrap. Okay, but being a father and turning around in the car and being like, what do I do? What should I... That... I was like, you're the dad. Yeah. Well, the dad, you get out, bruh. If I was a, listen, if I was a parent, and I don't know if this was just like the woman in me being like, fucking mama bear. Yeah. I would fucking pull over so fast. Get, I wouldn't even let Lucia out. I would get out of there and I would run crazy like (laughs) a banshee and I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I would be so crazy. I would be, I, I don't care. They probably, probably definitely had guns, but I would be such a crazy mom. I, I wouldn't even care. Be like, yeah. oh, at me, bros. I, yeah. No, the thing is, like, I, I agree. Um, and I think that it probably is just maternal instinct just kicks in and you're just like, it, this is my kid and my family that I'm, prote- I assume responsibility to protect them 100%. And, and like, Lucia's like a kid to me still. I'm like, you have to be between 22 and 25. You're a child. Mm-hmm. You're a child. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that that makes sense. With Dom, I actually understood why he turned around and asked Albie what to do because Albie was the one that fucking got them in the situation in the first place. He's the one that's been hanging out with Lucia. He's the one that knows who these guys are already. Like, Dom and Bert have no idea. He's like, do I keep trying? Like, I, 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 I pro, if I was Dom, I probably would have said the same thing. Like, if you, okay. but like, until you tell me to assume responsibility, I'm not going to because you're the one that has, you know these people. Like I don't. Okay, even, I don't even know what's going on here. This is where I'm going to stop you, and I'm saying this with all the love in my heart because you're my best friend, and I love you. 
But fuck that. Because, yeah, sure, he brought her along, but Dom, you know that she's a whore. You literally fucked her. You know what kind of people these are. And besides protecting her, protect your family. You know that these are probably bad guys. Like, I know you're probably not trying to escalate the situation, but if I say fucked Lucia and I was the fucking mom, I I would face that right then and there. And the thing is, Dom fucked up. He needed to, fa- he should have told Albie from the get. He should have been like, I fucked her this week. Boom. Then yeah. they wouldn't even be in this. Yeah. You know, so like uh, Dom as a fucking father, you are just, no offense, Michael Imperioli, I fucking love you. And this is why you're such a great actor because you're really making me hate this fucking guy. Oh, like I just like I'm not on his team on his side at all. Like oh, I was at the dinner with the grandpa last episode and that was it. And not even. Not even. Yeah. Um well we will agree to disagree because we will. I um I felt kind of the same about Albie. I was like the fact that Dom was like, What do we do? That made sense to me. And then Albie saying, I don't know, and I'm just like, You Fuck! Like, you knew that she had issues with these people and you still made them bring her on this thing and he just, like, he just is just so ignorant about all of it. It's like, you saw them when you were getting gelato. Like, you know she's told you that he's dangerous and yet you're still fucking around. And, like, not the whole... Maddie hates when I disagree with her and so we will likely put this on TikTok because she's about to freak out. But... Um, I'm angry with you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna a little piece of coal for Christmas for that. Um, you know, I just think that Albie is being ignorant and dumb, and Dom is like he's also a grown right. man. He's grown, so like, no, you're right. You're, you're, you're right. fine, you know. And then Bert's like, just be cool with it. And he's like, okay, but if oh, he's not cool with it, and if he had it his way, I mean, yes, he should just be honest with Albie. I'm not saying. I am not being a dumb apolog- apologist right now at all. That man has problems. Um, but I just think that, like, Albie needs to take responsibility for his own shit. And he hasn't ever this entire thing. So, like, cool, Albie, you want to fuck with yeah. that girl and you think that it's all good because you're just a little boy and you don't know any better, then fine, get yourself out of it. Right? And yeah. that's honestly what Dom needs to tell him for him to grow the fuck up. Yeah, to be honest, that I can agree with. I'm still upset about it, but I can agree with that because, I don't know, I think though, like, and maybe I'm just, like, thinking about, like, and I'm not saying, like, oh, this is what a good parent does. Like, I'm not a parent. I can't say what a good parent does. Everybody has their own shit. But, like I said, if it was me, I would feel so compelled as a parent, not even just motherly instinct, as a parental instinct, like, Albie is 22 to 25. Yeah, he's grown, but like he is still your child and in need of protection. Like at, to me at this point, it's out of hand. Yeah. Like this is not just some girl that like he's running around with and fight and like, okay, you have to figure out the heartbreak. Like I can't, f- the, he's getting involved with fucking whores that, you know, this could end up worse than it just like any other random normal fucking hookup or relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's the point of, like, the parental thing that's kind of getting under my skin. Yeah, no, and I agree. I agree with that because Dom should have put his foot down from the very beginning and said, like, even if he didn't say, you know, like, I fucked her, which probably, I mean, knowing Albie, it wouldn't even 
he'd be like, oh, like he, yeah, he would be on Lucian. I'm not knocking her hustle. Yeah, exactly. Just, and he would be like, oh, dad, you coerced her and you blah. <laughs> like he would find a way to blame Dom for it anyways, because he's blamed Dom for. Yeah, he'd be like, day. you have the power and they're just young women who have oh no God. power. Yeah. yeah. Who live in poverty and need to do this. Like get the Correct. fuck out. Jesus. Stop speaking for women, Albie. Like just yeah. stop expecting like you know like you're just the messiah for all things with a vagina like it just god it drives me crazy but you know with dom it's just like he has tried repeatedly to have albie not talk to her in a way that and i think that dom is also like the last person that he has on his side when it comes to like his immediate family is albie so obviously mm. there's like that is in play here where he's trying not to piss off albie but like Albie is being a little fucking bitch about it. Like he has been a little bitch about it the last three episodes. Like, oh, fuck you. Bitch. I'm just gonna go eat lunch. I'm gonna go eat lunch by the pool. And yeah, bleh, you know, it's just bitch the whole time. I mean, yeah. I still really love him, but yeah, he's kind of a little bitch so in a lot of ways. Like, if that was my kid, and I of course I can't say this, I'm not a parent either, but like one thing that my mom did teach me is that like you fucking at a certain point, you just gotta let your kids fuck up and they have to learn the lessons themselves because Albie clearly has been babied and that's why he has no real world fucking street smarts at all, this kid. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. he was raised in a, rich, in a rich family with a mom and a dad and a blah, 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 and like yeah. went to fucking Stanford and... And, and you know, the thing that really sucks about the situation, it's... it's God, like, I don't want to say it is the parents fault for probably enabling, but, you know, they enabled him in a way that they thought was like, we're just doing the best for for him. Like, we just want to do the best by him. So I think that's also another really interesting part about Albie, you know, like, yeah, he's a bitch and he's, he doesn't have these real world things, but it's probably because his parents were just really trying to give him the best life. And, and you can't, like, we can't be mad about that. That To me, like, it's beautiful, but it's also, like, it's so crazy how, like, it, it, it becomes disruptive for him in his, like, growing and becoming, like, a real 3D fucking person out here in a 4K world, you know? Like, shit. Yeah, no, and it's, like, the debate about, like, you know, that I'm sure a lot of people have, especially when they're becoming parents or thinking about being parents or pregnant together or whatever, but, like, what kind of life do I want to give my kids? Because I don't want them to grow up spoiled and dumb mm -hmm. if I give them everything that I didn't have, for example, right? right? So like, or do I limit them completely and make them like try to make them ambitious, but like put like there's there's wrongs on both sides, right? And there's rights on both sides, and like yes. so it's like you cannot ever really blame the parent. What's I mean, right? Not never, but. You know, like it's in this case, like I'm not blaming necessarily the parents. I'm not blaming Albie either. He's just a product of his environment. But like yeah. at a certain point, like you like as the parent do need to take a step back and be like, all right, cool. You want to fly? Fly. Like see where that gets yeah. you. But like we're our plane, you know, leaves in two days. Like you better be on it. Like if you want to go fuck around, then go fuck around. Like, yeah, like it's just yeah. like and it's shitty because it, that's probably the hardest thing a parent will ever ever has to do is like let their kid just make bad decisions on their own. But with Albie, it's like hopefully he learns from this that like and like the thing is, is what like what's frustrating is that like he already knows who Alessio is. He already saw him. Lucia has told him how dangerous he is. And, mm -hmm. and I'm still like, oh, you're still involved and you're still in this. So like, you're not, you're clearly not learning. And like, 
I'm happy that they got that scare as much as I was scared myself watching it. But I'm like, okay, like, do you see now like what you're involved with and what like, like, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, is it fucking worth it? Do you really love this? Are you in love with this girl? Like, you're going to take right. They literally almost kidnapped your fucking no-no. What the fuck? Literally. How horrible would you feel if they beat up no-no in the middle of the goddamn Sicilian streets? Oh, God. When you would ever got out of that car, I was like, Grandpa, no! Get down. Get back in. What are you doing? I was shitting bricks. Don't ever fucking do that again. Like, do you have dementia? Are you going? No, that concussion is fucking you up, sir. Please don't do anything else. Oh, oh speaking of grandpa, oh, little Bert, little Bert. I honestly, his story is so fucking sad. Yeah, he's a little pervert, but can you blame him? No. Can you fucking blame him? I don't you really can't. No. You know, I don't want to condone any patriarchal shit, but like Bert's. So let's talk about their homecoming. <sighs> Lucia gets basically abducted. They let her get abducted by Alessio. Yeah. But abducted. she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. So, like, you know, there was consent there. She was like, don't worry. I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, So they go to the DeGrasso house that is a mile from where they were, and apparently these are their, like, relatives. But when they get there, it's just, like, three Italian, basically gypsies of sorts. And not even wiccan and it was giving me witchy vibes it was giving me occult vibes i loved it oh god i don't think so at all i think that that's just how a lot of older generations are right it's just like um but i was like these bitches don't want any men and to me that feels witchy i mean yeah i guess like but like it's also what what was the most interesting uh to me if that whole scene was um was that we see that in with Bert, Dom, and Albie, clearly these men have issues with women, right? And they are like, so it it's almost like, okay, it kind of makes sense, like even just from a storytelling wa- like way, how three women, because the first thing that they say when it seems like the two daughters are outside, the mom is inside cooking, and... um the two daughters like or one of them says to the mom inside like there's three men out here and she's like yeah like we have no need for men here yeah it it almost feels like okay like the hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and these women have been scorned and it's almost like well that makes a lot of sense when we think about you know just what we know of the degrassos so far right and like their relationships with women so it's like you can almost just assume that they have all been fucked over and all the men in their lives have even either died or left and they were like okay good riddance like we're just gonna live out happy and simple amongst ourselves i agree i think the reason i like related it to being like witchy have you ever it's like those, it's like in movie scenes where someone walks into like a spiritual store and the person who's working there is like, oh shit, like you can't be in here. Like you got mm-hmm. bad vibes on you. Yeah. That was like that moment to me. I was like, oh, you guys walked into their spiritual space and they were mm-hmm. like, no, 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 bad vibes. You're not cleansed. Yeah. You need to do some like shadow work before you come back here or <laughs> don't come back here actually. Um, yeah, I think that uh, someone on Reddit actually said this. I don't know the username, but it was a whole conversation in the in the subreddit thread. But uh, they were like, "Yeah, it's just it kind of goes to show again, like just this idea, like this idea of men being ignorant of 
how their presence is taken. Like, it's intimidating. Three men just roll up in a car to your house yeah, where fuck. you don't really get a lot of visitors. like a dead fucking town. So, like, and you don't speak any English and, you you know, we don't know who you are. And so it's, like, just men not really understanding, like, how intimidating their presence can be. Um, and these women clearly, just by the way that they have responded, how um, off put they were and how defensive they were and then how... Yeah. like aggressive the mother was like you can tell they've probably dealt with a lot of men that just overstepped and they were like fuck this like get out of here so so um yeah it was just it was really interesting but it was really sad because obviously we know that they they really didn't mean any harm and they just wanted to connect with relatives which of course i think we all can like understand with um you know i've talked a lot with my current like family about finding our like family in italy and in these other countries whatever because we have ties back to them and how Mm -hmm. amazing it would be so like this whole situation kind of hit home because i was like oh shit what if it's the same way like that, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that is, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was super heartbreaking. And I think for Bert, especially like, you know, I think what he says, like, oh, you know, like that was not what I thought it was going to be, like far mm-hmm. from what I imagined. And I think later in the episode, he says something about like, you know, homecoming into like a woman's arms, not even, I mean, these are his relatives, but like, I think in like a sense, like, you know, women are necessary just like men are necessary right like the companionship and i think connection with like being around women who are caretakers who are compassionate like he'll he will never have that again because probably all of his relatives that are known are either dead or far away or like you know he's at that age now so i'm like okay he wants to connect with maybe and they're just like we don't give a fuck if you're family or not yeah and you know this was supposed to be a family trip, which you had mentioned to me on the phone. And I'm again, paraphrasing you, but like their reception probably would have been a much more well-received if the wife and the daughter were there because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just like a, a barrier that is like a a little buffer for that. Like, Oh, hi, you know, and even, and Lucia not being there to translate like that fucked them. Yeah. 100%. She needed to be there and be like, hi, these are the DeGrasso family. This is the daughter, the wife. We yeah. came from da, da 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 I'm from Catania. I'm helping them. You know, like the reception just would have been way, way, way different. Better. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely. And like, it, it really does suck that like that. Um, that's immediately what I thought of is like, if Abby and I forget the granddaughter's name, but Abby is the wife's name. If they were there, it really would have looked like a solid family and it wouldn't have been so sketch and there would have been women there. So it's like, you know, it's not just three men pulling up because, like, how the fuck would you feel if, like, you know, like... You would immediately get a weapon. Are you kidding me? Exactly. So, like, and so, so it, yeah, if, but if women were there and it was a whole group, then, or Lucia was there, however, like, that's immediately what I thought is, like, damn, like, Dom, like, doesn't, may not realize it right now, but, like, just that, just this, the whole thing with his wife and the potential divorce and all of that, it like it fucked them. It fucked this trip, you know. And the grandfather said that yeah. in the very beginning too, um, you know, that this was supposed to be a family's trip and not a boys' trip and whatever. So yeah, yeah, it was really tough. Um, it it really sucked because there like there was just so much anger and like you can tell that like it obviously like it affected Bert deeply because you know at mm-hmm. the dinner he does say he says um, you know there's something like a woman's embrace that lets you know that you're doing all right. 
And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh God, I cried. I cried. My yeah, I mean, God. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Like if my mom embraces me, I'm like, cool, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Like, I'm doing, doing good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just this thing that he has now lost with his wife, the recent passing of his wife. And, you know, and he said earlier, like, uh, I may never see a naked woman again. He says it in a facetious way because he then sure mentions that the prostitute Mia was topless in his room. Yes. But, yes. Um, but he did like even just that line i was like oh shit like there is a yes. time in your life when you're older and your spouse passes that you might not ever have sex again you might not ever see another naked body again you like and that for me being scorpio astellium bitch that's fucking with me that is fucking with my head like oh no time in your life where you just wake up and you realize that and i'm like holy shit like it's just it's it's something that like i've never thought of because obviously we're both you know we're young we don't talk about these things we don't even know to think about these things and so i i really really love bert's story he is like climbing to my top you know my top characters Mm -hmm. list of the season because it's just it's so compelling and i felt awful when he left at dinner and I'm happy that Mia was able to make him smile during her little oh thing. My God. Yeah, one of my favorite fucking scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had a couple favorite. I had like four favorite scenes in this bitch. I think that's my third one. But I just love it because first of all, she has a great voice. I don't think we said that on the previous pod, but I just want to put it on record. Her voice is great. Like, what a beauty. What a very pretty sing-songy mm-hmm. voice. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that she's gotten, like, a couple songs. You know, like, we've seen her sing not just once, but, like, a couple times. Like, that, mm-hmm. I think, is such a nice treat. Um, but I love, first of all, she looks great. The white dress, the red lip, just super classy, super mm-hmm. simple. Sometimes less is more, and it was doing yeah, the most. I loved it. We have not talked at all about fashion except for Harper and... Sometimes what these girls fucking wear makes me want to kill myself and Portia with her <laughs> puke green fucking fingernails. I'm like, God, it's the the most awful color to put on your nails. Sorry. I just had to say that because we we literally haven't talked about what the prostitutes wear at all. And it's just it's always bad. It is always bad. Yeah, but this was good. I did like this white dress with and feathers I think are really hard to do. You you know, so just like it was simple. I loved it. Um but I love this moment between her and Bert because he compliments her and it was really cute and funny like oh better than the fucking last guy. Fuck you, Giuseppe. Yeah. Uh but I think the way that she responded was super genuine and sincere and sweet. And it honestly, it almost felt like a compliment back. Like, oh, I I have one official fan. Yeah. That was such a beautiful thing to say back. I was like, oh my God, Mia, you are the, she's the golden star of my eye in this whole fucking show. I truly think she's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I, I love everyone, but Mia is just so goddamn funny and cute. I know. She, um... She's so she's warm. Yeah, she is. She is, and I actually that's a really good segue into the situation with her and Valentino, which we definitely <sighs> have to talk about. But um, I will say one thing that I've said about Mia probably yesterday on the phone, actually after the episode, but was um, that she has had a lot of really meaningful touch points with people, yes. and you know, with with Valentina in this episode, you know, with Bert even in this episode, um, 
you know, there's just been, it just feels like when Lucia has touch points with people, it's usually going to ruin their lives. And then when Mia has touch points, I mean, outside of the priest or the, she's, I always just call him the priest. Why do I go? It's Giuseppe. Outside of Giuseppe, she almost killed that man, but um, it's because he took her to the fucking, the church. That's why he's the priest. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's some biblical reference to trying to get a prostitute and, and ending up sickly. Um, I'm sure that exists in the Bible somewhere. Mary Magdalene, where you at? But, um, so, but like, it was, it was really nice in this episode to see her having these multiple, like, really nice kind of what seemed altruistic. I hope that they are altruistic touch points. Um, but yeah, let's talk about her and Valentina because that was beautiful. Oh my God. It was so fucking good. Um, that's another one of my favorite scenes. So it was really beautiful. God, first of all, let's do the context. So Valentina, it's her birthday. Mm-hmm. And she invites Isabella out for a drink after work mm-hmm. um, to celebrate. Because obviously she's crushing on Isabella. She got her the pin, whatever. But before they can go, Valentina comes over. And I also want to say, I think Valentina is the second golden star of my eye. Because she honestly seems so sincere. She had such a genuine smile on her face, even throughout that very awkward conversation i feel like she was being compassionate at least trying as hard as she could so heartbroken and you can just see it um this this actress i just want to say because we're talking about the scene really quickly that uh sabrina impacciatori is what her name is and she is like her face the way that she is able to what does Tyra Banks call it? Smize. 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 And also like frown with your eyes. And she barely has to move her face and you can read her emotions so well through her eyes that I'm like, it's fucking incredible. It's absolutely incredible because she doesn't even have to say anything for me to know exactly what she, what emotion she's trying to portray. It's great. I'm really glad you just told me her real name because she kind of looks like for me, it's, she looks like a Sabrina. It's giving Sabrina. Mm -hmm. It's fitting. I love it, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Her eyes can be the slightest. And I will also say referencing Tyra Banks, I remember a long time ago, she was on ANTM and saying, like, you have to control every single muscle in your face. Mm-hmm. And that is that. Yeah. 100%. Literally. Because when she's talking to Isabella specifically, you can see her go from giddy and excited and nervous to, like, fake, like, have to fake it, but, like, just mm-hmm. absolutely heartbroken in her eyes, right? Even though there's still a smile on her face. And it was just... Oh, God, it was gut-wrenching. And another thing about this character specifically, both Mike White's, a testament to Mike White's writing and the way that she plays it, is that I was, I loved her from the very beginning. I was creeped out by her the last two episodes. And then this episode, she just brought it right back home to my heart. Like, I am back to loving her completely. So now we understand why she was being so weird and creepy, because she's literally never been with a woman. She is the incel. She's the incel. It's not Albie. It's not Ethan. It's not every other man. She is the okay. one. But I do, think that, I do think that it has a lot more to do with, I don't know, like, it's hard for me to put her in, like, the incel category. Like, technically, yes, falls under involuntary cel- involuntarily celibate, but mm-hmm. she... I'm like, I think like the age and obviously it's modern times, but still like she probably came from a very traditional family, probably Mm -hmm. has a lot of shame around it. It's not like random straight men who can't get fucking laid. Like 
there's probably a lot of like very mental inner blocks that are, aren't toxic. It's Absolutely. just like her own insecurities. Um, so to me, that made a lot more sense. I was like, oh, like, I don't think it's as creepy. It's just like now that I have the omniscient point of view, mm-hmm. I can see that she is like literally, this is all new for her. She doesn't know what she's doing, yeah, which is appropriate. Oh God, it's beautiful. It is, yeah, beautiful. and it's a little awkward. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's beautiful that she's able to do it. It's beautiful that Mia gave her this this first experience uh-huh. in such a loving and like precious way. Um, Maddie, ju- you know, I will say for those that aren't watching this and are listening. Maddie really wishes she was a lesbian, I think, on most days <laughs> because of things like this. <laughs> I think that women are just very special creatures and that they are very loving and tender and women can r- pick up on emotions. I- I'm not saying that men can't, but I think that women are more trained to societally in this day and age, like where we are. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, first of all, Big, big, big shout out to Mike White for doing the happy birthday, Marilyn Monroe, Italian style. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It was beautiful. It was such a great homage with the white dress and the red lip. I thought it was just so nice. It was mm-hmm. something that I don't think we've seen, especially in another language. Like it was yeah, really it was cute. Really nice. Yeah. And the way that Mia does it so tenderly so it's so meaningful she's like really like i am want to make this special for you and she says at the bar like i have a gift i want to give you a gift mm-hmm. is what she says i want to give you this gift and she lays her down they're you know kind of touching and before they kiss Mia gives a really small nod and it's like the moment like saying like hey i'm gonna kiss you but if mm-hmm. I'm giving you a little warning. So, like, if you are not okay, you can stop this right now. Yeah. And if you want to stop it at any point, you can. Like, that to me gave a very, like, a very, like, consent, transparency. It was nonverbal, but it was still very, like, I don't know. It was tender. It was very tender. And I really, really appreciated that. It was acted very, very well. Um, Like, those are the kind of things that, like, I can't ever tell if the director tells the actress to do that or if it's improv but if it's improv i'm just like hats off because that was it just felt like a very realistic way to get uh you know just to give some sort of like fair warning i don't want to say warning though because that implies a bad like a negative connotation but you know what i'm saying um but yeah play by play and it's nice to like mm-hmm. say hey you know like our this is the next play do you want to yeah. go yeah. You know, it's, I thought it was really nice. It was really, really nice. Um, and I think that particular moment, just that little nod, one of my favorite fucking scenes. God, it was just so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, Mia is not interested in her in a romantic way. So I'm hoping, you know, the reason why I said I, I hope that this, what Mia is doing in this episode, that seems so nice. I hope it's altruistic and it's not. Oh, it's not. It's, it's definitely not. Mia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in this, I'm very happy for Valentina. I think like, like, I don't know, in the, in the words of Jules from Euphoria, I've mentioned this already in this pod for this season, like you need to catch a dick. And like, in this case, obviously not a dick, but you need to catch some fingers or something. Um, yeah, very happy for Valentina that she got this experience. Um, and I'm happy that Mia was so tender with her. 
but I just hope it doesn't turn, make it like take a turn for the worse. Like I hope Valentina uh, kind of reads it where it is and doesn't get to attack or. Well, and she should, because like, she's a businesswoman at the end of the day. Right. Like she, so I do think that there was quite a bit of altruistic, like, perspective from Mia but I do think like there's another like she's got motives too she wants to be on that piano yeah you know so like I get it and I hope that Valentina can recognize that too like hey like this was a cool fun thing but like this is business and like it was altruistic but like now you need to help me out a little bit again women helping women why not help a woman then yeah you know Um, okay. Are we ready to wrap that up? Because we got to get to Portia, Jack and Tanya. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's we can that was lovely though. Truly. Yes. Yeah. So nice. Thank you for giving us all these little beautiful moments because they're incredible. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about Portia and Jack before we get to Tanya and her debauchery this episode. Okay. So Jack, my favorite app, absolute favorite fucking scene is when he first, she's like walking around outside and he's behind the thing and he fucking scares her. And then they're kind of talking about the plans and then he's like, all right, get your shit. And then immediately fucking scares her again in front of her face. First favorite scene, second favorite scene, even though it was in one scene. I, God, that was so fucking funny. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, So I knew that Maddie and I have been talking a lot uh, off the pod just about where we think characters are going to go and um you know we watch a lot of the interviews with the cast and whatever and jack was the person that in the first two episodes that he was in it just even the scene of him getting in the pool and saying like oh my nips are sensitive i'm just like this guy's a fun time um yeah. then after the second episode how great he seemed for portia obviously maddie and i were on that train a hundred percent um and i said this person would be my go-to vacation buddy because that was one of the questions that in the HBO uh, bonus content, they ask all the castmates is who they would take out of the cast. Um, And the thing is, is no one said Jack at all. And that was a big red flag for me. And I noticed that a couple days ago and I was like, hmm, Hmm. that means that he is going to turn out bad. And we see it. We see it in this one. So uh, I do want to start off by saying that I actually really liked his good world speech. Yeah, I did too. I really enjoyed it. Especially among millennials and Gen Zs. Like, we all think the world's going to end before we're 40, right? So Right. And I think just like in a, you know, we're kind of in like a, I don't know, manifesting is real big right now. So... (laughs) I just like, I really like the way that he talked about the world. And I think manifesting has a lot to do with your perspective. It's changing your perspective on things. Like, are you going to go into this life negatively or fucking positively? And Mm -hmm. I think that Jack looks at life from the speech in a positive way. And Mm -hmm. that is lovely. I'm like, I actually really like the way that you're seeing things because it's not fun to be negative all the time. It's actually fucking draining. Yeah. You know, like, don't it was, isn't it like fact that it takes like more muscles in your face to fucking frown than to smile? Yeah. You know, like, I, I hate to use that dumb science fact, but like, still, I'm like, yeah, bro, like, I actually agree with you a lot. But the second part to that is to what extent? Yes. You know, because, oh, God. <laughs> so it, it progresses. They're out. 
he's getting pissed. Getting pissed. And he wants Portia to get pissed, which I think is a complete distraction. Like, he's trying to get her fuzzy for some fucking reason. He's trying. Doesn't want to take her back to the party. Mm -hmm. They get a hotel. When they're out, he's drunk. He's screaming in the streets. He bumps into someone, almost fights, which is so uncomfortable. I would have felt so unsafe. And we talked about this already off the pod because it was so jarring. Like, you know, I guess Portia shouldn't be so naive, but she's also like between what, 20 and 25. Like she's not very well traveled. She's saying yes to opportunity. She's trying to have like an Italian experience dreams, but I don't think that she knows that some situations can actually end up bad yet. I don't think she's like fully had an experience like that. Well, yeah. So like, I I agree to an extent, but like what is promising about her is that she does seem uncomfortable with it. She's not, you know, so like, cause there are those people that, you know, they, they just rally behind whoever the drunkest, craziest person is. And they think that that's fun and that's great and whatever. And, and she, so she like, purposefully doesn't get drunk right like she's he's getting drunk she doesn't she doesn't meet him on that level right she's stopping him from getting in a fight she's visibly upset and uncomfortable so like that's the promising sign is like yes she's young and she might not she might not have the experience to like know how to get out of a situation like that but at least she is being aware and sober and you know and 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 keeping control of the situation, knowing that he's not. So yeah, she's definitely that, concerned. Yeah. So in that, she showed great maturity, and even you know probing him when he is drunk and they're back at the hotel room, like mm-hmm. asking those questions. She's caught on. Like she's she's completely like one hundred percent. She has to be aware of what's going on. And that. Well, yeah. And he basically he basically drunkly kind of confess. He says it without saying it. Like yeah. he says some things that are pretty clear, but he's not like, mm-hmm. hey, we're trying to fuck you over with tanya and that like but he's like yeah like in less words yeah yeah the gays don't have any money you know look at his lifestyle he's got the palazzo he's got all these posh motherfuckers around who's he's paying mm-hmm. you know there's upkeep at the palazzo which i assume is crazy expensive yeah. and like you know so there's only what does he say like only old hags and gays there well, That's yeah, no, and what he says that was the real, like, sound the alarm was, well, they're about to come into money. And she's like, what yes. do you mean they're about to? And he was like, you know, I don't know what he says after that. But that was the big red flag that you can see you can see from her face that she knew exactly what that meant. And the reason for her even being over in this other town with him is absolutely to keep her away from the party and to keep her away from the plot zone, keep her, keep her away from Tanya um so the the gays can do whatever they're doing with tanya so um so yeah i think she's completely caught on now um you know and it sucks and i just want to like just say um just with this whole situation of like her uncomfortability with jack i feel really bad because even like the night before when they were out in palermo like they stole the arancini like blah 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 like you know just dumb little shits like she thought it was all fun and um, you know, and then to see that like so quickly take a turn for the worse is really fucking scary because it's like, I don't know. Of course, she doesn't know this guy, but he has shown no signs of being like shown signs of being reckless. Sure. sure. But not like at this stage of like scary, drunken, aggressive, you know, so it's like if you're in a situation like that, just PSA, you can leave, call a fucking cab. Yeah. 
get out of there. Leave him at the yeah. hotel room. He's got a car. He will wake up in the morning. He will be fine. Like he is not your take the credit card with you. Run his pockets, girl. Do what you got to do. <laughs> fuck. Okay, I'm not condoning that. I do not think steal, but you know, if you she obviously has her own money. I'm just like if like if you can get the fuck out of there, you know, or like well, if you don't have your own money take a shit whatever means necessary is yeah. all i'm saying yeah. if it's for your survival or if it's for some do what you need to do take it yep. um yeah so portia is concerned like her eyes were so concerned at the end it was very upsetting i you know there's a few things so i i guess she's caught on but i don't know if she's caught on to the fact that like say they kill tanya right and because we realized that Greg is the cowboy, is Quentin's yeah, cowboy. We'll talk about, yeah. Yeah, we see it a bit later in the episode. She sees a picture in Quentin's room and it's like an old picture of them young and it confirms it for her. But um, I don't know if uh, Portia knows that. So I think okay. that like Portia is going to put two and two together. She'll probably reach out to somebody, which I think we saw in um, like last week's, it was like the clips for the rest of the season. We see that Portia is going to call someone I assume at first I was like, maybe she'll call Albie, but Albie is not in Palermo. So I don't know how he can help her, mm. but I'm like, what if she calls Greg? And I feel like Greg is in on all of this too, yeah. you know? So, which I didn't think about. And that actually makes a lot of sense, especially if we, I don't remember what time of day, it seems like it's in daytime that, and we do see in the clip um, of next week that she is still in bed with Jack waking up. Um, and mm -hmm. he's got her like fucking gridlocked, like strangled in there. Seriously, I'm just like, oh god, you should have left last night, ladies. This is why you leave as soon as it feels uncomfortable. Just leave. Just get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't. It, it must be in the daytime. But I'm thinking, you know, if she, because I was thinking if she was trying to call Tanya and it was at nighttime, Tanya's clearly not answering her phone this clearly time. not answering. No, the phone She's is no fucking cocained up and fucking italian stallion down okay yeah, literally um okay. so yeah so actually maddie actually said that last night she thinks you know that she's portia will call greg and i think that that's true and that really sucks for the survival rate of either of them <laughs> if she calls greg because she just like unbeknownst to her that fuckers in on it from you know has been in on it from day one right and I just want to add to this about Jack. I forgot to mention. So he also in his little drunken fucking confession, he basically says that like he was in a hole before and Quentin got him out of it. And she's like, well, what kind of hole? And then he says a deep one, a fucking deep one. And honestly, no pun intended because I was like his butthole, <laughs> his butthole. <laughs> oh my God. And then as soon as I got in the car, after I thought about this, I hear Juvenile back that ass up. And there's one lyric that says, uh, what does he say? Let me run, uh, want to run it in the hole. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Which is a great line for consent, <laughs> but shout out to Juvenile for that. That's what that reminded me of. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Great, great reference. Yeah, so I just thought that was a very funny thing for them to say, like a deep fucking hole, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that I know, and he he actually like uh, shout out to Leo Woodall. He acted that very well. I fully believed that he was drunk. I was like, they just got this man drunk and brought him this uh, brought him the set. Yeah, um, last minute of the day. 
Yeah. So, uh, Jack, he, he can get fucked by himself. From yeah, he can get fucked because he's obvious. I think he feels like he has to pay it forward too, back to Quentin for whatever hole he got him out of. Yeah. And I actually, I think it's really funny because, uh, speaking of like Albie and his situation in this episode and Portia and her situation, both of them are in dangerous situations because they're both fucking sex workers, um, in Sicily where people get scammed and the mafia live. So, uh, you know, just dangerous all around. Um, but it's really funny that like both their stories are so parallel right now. Yeah. I think I mentioned that last episode, uh, last pod that like they both, chose sexual partners that uh put them in a little bit of danger actually yeah yeah but you know, i guess like that's danger. what you do for the dick i guess but mm. I don't know. Uh, so God. let's talk tanya oh my god i was so scared i was so scared the whole fucking time honestly it looked great it looks like she was having a great time yeah but it was so older i was like how is she railing all of these fucking cocaine lines like that. She's like, I haven't done this in a long time. And Quinn's like, it's riding like like riding a bike. Yeah, maybe a few bumps, but like railing them. Yeah, Fuck. it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, yeah, and it was so funny. So my favorite line was um, Tanya saying, as soon as she you know snorts her first line, she's like, uh, what does she? Say? She says, God, I can't remember it now. I wrote it down, but it's not near me. Um. I lo- I really love how big your pupils are. And like yeah. she's just trying to like compliment him, but like that's what co- and it's just it was so fucking funny. I'm like this is one of the first things you say to this man. I love your giant pupils. Oh god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, and honestly, it's so funny because later when they're still getting fucked up and she wants more cocaine, she's like, "Let's look in your cocaine bag." Yeah, I know. It's, it's so, so funny. funny. Well, that's what I was about to say was um just her like just assuming agency over these drugs and just like, I want to do more, you yeah. know, it's like, Oh my, you don't touch a man's drug bag. Like lady. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, he was sexy. Gosh. Um, shout out to Evan Ross cats. If you don't follow him, he is a blogger, podcaster, uh, social media influencer. Person that- something. Was he a journalist? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he uh is obsessed with the White Lotus, and he is great to follow for like up to date content. But he actually sourced this man's Instagram out. This man, the actor, um, <laughs> literally only has like eleven hundred followers. So like, I would have never found him, right? Uh, and put and I went on a deep dive. I l- literally opened every single person picture on this guy's page and i was like on the phone with maddie she's driving so she i'm just explaining this to her and i'm like madison he's he's got eyes like the ocean baby he's sexy Woo! Yeah. hot yeah um, he was good looking yeah i'm like if you're gonna cheat that's how you do it that's how you do it <laughs> um also speaking of his hotness so when she's like let's look in your cocaine bag she pulls out a gun. Yeah. She's like, yo, like, you have a gun. And his response honestly was perfect. He's like, D- like, I always have that with me. And she's like, oh, that is so fucking hot. And it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, so uh, this, we will talk about this in the theory pod, but um, it is something that I've been obsessing over because in the full trailer for the season, there is a still 
uh, kind of shot of Tanya holding a gun. And then there's like duct tape and rope in the same frame. Um, and, and you can clearly see that it's Tanya just by every, just her outfit and everything she's wearing. And, um, so I was thinking immediately when I saw the gun, I was like, oh, that might be the same gun. That's, that's the gun that's in the trailer and it's not it's a completely different gun. So I will dive into that more in the theories podcast that we're going to do this week. But, um, just so if anybody else is thinking the same thing, it is not the same gun that Tanya is holding in the trailer. There's two guns, two guns make their appearance in this. This fucking show. My God. Death and gunfire. Yeah. So Tanya's having the time of her life. She's getting fucked up. She's getting bubbly. She's getting high. She's dancing with the gays. Honestly, it looked like such a fun time. Such a fun time. Yeah. And then this hot piece of ass arm candy is on her. He's touching her. He's pushing the hair out of her face. He was just being hot. He was just being into her. And I was like, this is what you get paid to do. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. April. Promote him. Mm-hmm. Um, then she leaves. They, they, you know, it's like after in a few hours, brings her into the room. He's like, come on, let's go. And he's like, okay, hang on for a second. And that's when she finds the cowboy picture. Yes. And of course, I'm like, what is this guy doing? And I, knew, I was like, I bet he's just going to come back naked because men are simple. Men are simple-minded. They don't have anything extravagant planned. They're just like, I'm going to take out my dick. Yeah. And honestly, thank God he did. <laughs> I was into it. I was like, oh, frontal me. Yes, please. Oh, I'm God. hoping that wasn't a prosthetic. Um, It was great. It, of course, he was like, it's me. And I'm just like, oh, God. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I, Tanya was really cute because she's like, oh, like, I'm really nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she's married, but also, like, you're young as fuck and hot. And then, like, he was so sweet. He was like, just sit down. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was cute. It was... Um, kind of tender. I'm, I'm happy that if she's going to go out, she's going out in flames with a really great night. Uh, I will say that go out in all phrase in all senses of that word. But what I will say, um, and I guess we're definitely going to hit this point on theory pod, but I will say this now because it's not really talking about the deaths, um, but more so what actually is seen. And like, shout out to fucking Reddit, man. They just, these people, God, so screenshot, like seen by like just mo- second by mm. second to catch these things. But, um, Last night, I couldn't help myself. I was on it. And uh, so basically what I think is happening is they aren't trying to kill Tanya, but um, they're trying to record her cheating on her husband to nullify their prenup. Right. Okay. Um, My only question in Monkey Wrench here is like, even if they did get the proof, how was that legal if she didn't consent to the recording? I don't know. See, I don't know any of those details. Like, isn't this weird, weird like, defamation or like privacy laws or something? Yeah, the one thing that like I was reading and like I will do my own research on this. It was very late, so I only just have that tidbit to add, just to throw in yeah. as an option or like as a because I, really ultimately we were just thinking, okay, they're going to try to kill Tanya, right? Right. But um, we see a bunch of other old hags that are there, so they're not out here killing old m- ladies with money. They're getting the money somehow, but yeah. not, not by killing them. So they're probably. Ex- Extorting the shit out of them. Yeah, something of the sort for sure. Um, 
And so I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to do my own research into it, but I know that prenups are all very, they're just, they're complicated and the like details can change, but from pre, like there's no customizable. Exactly. So there's no blanket of, you know, whatever, but if there is an infidelity clause in it, then, then it's automatic. So I don't know what, if, you know, the, the recording, the, you know, the consent, all that stuff, because that's a whole nother thing. Right. Um, but there is a shot where there, where he, he walks in naked. She had just seen the photo of Greg, uh, mm-hmm. and they're standing face to face and like up above him on the right hand side, like on like the, where the crown molding would be, there's a red light, which is like, okay, this is a camera, right? That this is being televised. Yeah. The revolution will be televised, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so i mean that that could be a whole different ending that none of us really saw coming um shout out the subreddit for all of these ideas right but yeah so i'm thinking that that but like honestly when we're talking about tanya um where my gut is telling me that she's gonna go is that she is two steps ahead of these fucks already and like no yeah. she sees it clearly and i think that like you know, all the signs are there. And I think that the Tanya comes up putting at the table. I forgot about that. She's like, I heard some strange sounds in the night. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. I did not sleep well. It was a lot of men grunting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So I think that she is just playing up them um underestimating her. Yeah, I agree. So Which is I think- smart. Okay, wait, and you know what? I wanna say it's so funny. I did not watch Survivor or Mike White's season, but I do know this about his season is that the reason that he was second runner up is because people thought he was a wallflower and that like he was, I think just like, you know, kind of uh, nonchalant like not and like, not a threat. Yes. That's where he got far. And that's, I think Jennifer Coolidge's character is him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Just like she acts like she is, you know, like ditzy and dumb and has no common sense but like ultimately i think that she is incredibly smart um and even like there's been times where we see like we've had this kind of debate about like is tanya self-aware or is she not self-aware and it's kind of like she teeters back and forth so it seems of being self-aware or not but there were conversations that she was having with greg in the very beginning like where she was incredibly self-aware and was call it was fucking calling him out like like a spot on calling him out right like i know you feel this way because of this this and that and like it was i was just like wow tanya like i didn't get that at all from you for season one but like seems like she really does know herself and and she does pay attention to her surroundings for sure yeah i agree 100 percent. i definitely think tanya is holding her cards close to her chest because guess what like you know, she does have money and she's probably had money since her, even before she had the inheritance, like she grew up with money, which means some, everybody wants something from you and not to be you. I mean, she gives that story about the doll and her mom and always waiting for someone to come and play with you Mm -hmm. because that's what it is. You know, some, everyone wants something from you. So I think that like, that will make you smart. Yes. And it'll make you hard. Like, mm-hmm. it will make you tough. And yeah, 100%. Like, Tanya is, you know, she might come off as ditzy. Lord knows if she actually is that ditzy. But, like, the girl has street smarts. Like, she 
Like she knows how to move in these social situations, you know, and she, like, I feel like she's playing them all like a fiddle right now. Like that, that's my, like, that's my gut instinct is that like, I'm not, I'm not as worried about her, you know? Tanya blows their whole operation. She's the sting operation undercover in this whole fucking thing. Her to like fuck them over so bad that she ends up owning that fucking palazzo at the end of it. And then they all throw themselves off the cliff. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm just kidding. That's bad. I don't condone any of this. This is all theoretical. This is just HB hoes being silly little hoes. Oh my god. Talking about content. Um, I'm you know, glad the shows that, that we all love. Yeah, I'm glad they used that because if we ever do something super heinous and end up in court, they will use this <laughs> against <laughs> us. So I'm like, let's clear it. Let's clear the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just putting out all the hypothetical talk. I mean, this is a story and we are talking about the story. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. Um, obviously, it is fun to play around with the morals. And you know what? Y'all are hoes. So y'all know what it is about playing with morals. That's why you're here listening yeah. and we love you for it. So uh, thank you all for joining us again this week. Find us on our socials on Instagram at hb.hose, Twitter hb underscore hose, and you can email us at hose at hbhose.com. Yeah. Hit us the yeah. fuck up. You just follow us, please. Yeah, no, follow us. We're always posting content. We're always there chatting with our fans. Um, you know, but yeah, and also stay tuned, uh, this week for a bonus episode just talking about theories, baby. Can't wait to get into it. Hell yeah. See you guys soon. Loves ya.